0: So it's fitting uh, that we might do some call and response this morning after this uh, beautiful uh, worship that we were led in by our worship team. So I'll invite you, I'm going to say a phrase, and I'll invite you to respond if you know the end of that phrase. God is good. All the time. And all the time. Good. Beautiful. Second one is a song lyric. I can't do it as well as Allison, but. All that I need to know is this. You are a God. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, great. This is working way better than um, Lisa's question and response last week. (laughs) (laughs) No offense, but improvement, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, It's affirming, you're doing great. It's awesome, (laughs) growth. Okay, so the last one, another song. All my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. All right. Oh, that's so good. It's so, you're fulfilling my dreams of being a choir director right now in this moment. It's great. Um, so what do all these phrases have in common? They're about the goodness of God. And the passage this morning is also about God, God's goodness, Um, and so as we listen to the words of scripture, um, I'll invite Jason up to read um, as we hear God's word from Romans 8. Good morning. Romans 8, verses 28
1: through 39. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, so that he might be the firstborn within the large family. And those whom he predestined, he also called, and and those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, How will he, not with him, also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is is Christ who died, or rather, who was raised, who is also at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long we are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than victorious through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of God for us, the people of God.
0: Amen. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Jason. The start of 2024 for me has been about relearning and remembering the goodness of God. One of the interesting things about seminary, and maybe I've spoken about this before, um, is that often you're told to re-evaluate um, everything you've heard in a church space. And I think overall, this is a good thing insofar as we are called to be thoughtful people. But it can be very easy to start problematizing everything, which makes it hard then to cling to anything. The goodness of God was one of those things for me. As I learn more and more about American, um, America's religious history and the ways that the church has weaponized faith, I felt attention in preaching about the goodness of God. When in 2020, we continued to witness disproportionate effects of COVID-19 on communities of color, I held in tension the goodness of God. And even now, as we continue to see disparities in school discipline for black and brown children, as we continue to hear about state-sanctioned violence and genocide, I continue to hold the tension of proclaiming the goodness of God. This scripture talks about the goodness of God. But I don't think I realized before that it speaks of it in the context of suffering. The scripture, too, then, is holding the tension between a good God and seemingly godless circumstances. We get a glimpse of this situation in verse 26. You might have heard it, as Jason read, where Paul was quoting the Old Testament, but relating it to their current situation. He said, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. And friends, when he says killed, this is not a metaphor. Followers of Jesus in this community were being put to death for their radical belief that the kingdom of Rome was not the kingdom of God. This faith was considered a threat to the empire, and because of this, we have historical documentation that people were chased down and put to death. Good God, bad circumstances. This is a community with no political power to protect themselves, and it's important for us to recognize that in context as we read verses like, Who can be against us? Because quite literally, the Roman Empire, which for them felt like the whole world, was against them. So when we hear, we are more than victorious with Christ, and in some translations, we are more than conquerors through Christ, we must remember that the verse emphasizes Christ as working on their behalf. Not their own attempts to conquer and fight and use power over, but I digress, that's a different sermon. But I mention this to say this is the place, this is the context, this is the story where Paul offers these words. We know that all things work together for the good. Not just some things not just random things, not just sacred things, even ordinary things, all things, work together for good. And we can notice here that God is not calling their suffering good. This passage is not saying God caused their suffering to challenge or punish them. Instead, Paul speaks as if to say, Their current suffering, it's real, but it won't be forever. This is not how their story ends. God takes note of their lives, of every moment of their lives, and God has not forgotten them. God sees it all and is reminding them that even in the mess, even in their suffering, God's ultimate desire is for our lives to be full of flourishing and goodness. Martin Luther King Jr. um, said that the arc of the moral universe bends toward justice. He spoke justice in an unjust world. This past week in Bible 101, Alisa went over the arc of the story of Scripture The arc of the story of Scripture is one that bends towards God's love. And here in the letter of Romans, we can hear God saying that the arc of our lives is bending toward goodness. And if it's true for them, it can also be true for us. When the verse says, For all those who love God and are called according to God's purpose... That includes us. God has invited all people, and you'll notice there were those words of predestined and chosen and elect, but God's desire is for all people. God calls all people and invites all people to be a part of God's life-giving life in the world. God is bending the arc of our lives towards goodness. The story of our lives is one that God calls glorious. This means that maybe the things that we're trying to take you out in 2020, or even 2023, or here even out in 2024, those things are not going to have the last word. This means that even if it's been a hard season, or a hard year, or even a hard life, Even if the goodness of God has felt far from you, or you have felt distant from it, the story that God is writing is one of goodness. The story that God is writing is one of delight. So that means even as the world continues to travel further, further into violence and chaos, our prayers for goodness and mercy are the prayers that God has for us too. There's a song that we sing here at CERT called Turning Around for me. The song starts by naming struggles, disappointment, loneliness, a sense of being crushed, But the chorus says, it won't always be like this. God will perfect that concerning me. And by that phrase, God will perfect, God will make whole, God will complete a thing concerning me. Sooner or later, it will turn in my favor. This passage is echoing this scripture that God is working behind the scenes in our lives, turning things around for good, especially for those who are mourning, grieving, the brokenhearted, and oppressed. All things work for the good of those who love God and are called according to God's purpose. Because God is the God who is holding us in God's good. Hands. The passage doesn't end there. Why does God want goodness for us? Why does God call us by name? And it says, because of God's deep love for us. Though it might seem like the empire of the world is trying to separate us from God, separate us from one another, and separate us from ourselves, Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing we do individually and nothing happening externally to us can ever take away the love of God. That means neither death nor life, neither depression nor happiness, not our allies or our enemies, not our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not colonialism or imposter syndrome. Not questions or anger or doubt or cynicism. Not our lack of sleep or the days when it feels like everything is going wrong. Nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. As I read these words, I thought, Really, they just preach on their own. Mm -hmm. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, a.k.a. the love of God is near to us in this room. The love of God is near to you. The love of God is with you. I'm inviting myself to believe these words again. Not even because I want to, but because I need to. The goodness of God and the love of God seem like simple ideas. But it's not for the faint of heart. Believing in the goodness of God is a theology or strategy of survival. (laughs) Believing in the goodness of God and the good story God is writing... Is the thing that will sustain us to show up in a world that needs more good things. The world desperately needs us to cling to the goodness of God so that we can confidently say what is not good and move the world toward what is good. We can trust that for us individually, the arc of our lives is not leading to isolation. The arc of our lives is not leading to hopelessness. The arc of our lives is not leading to emptiness or failure. The arc of our lives is leading toward God's goodness. So what? At the end of um, sermons, there's that so what question. Why, Why does any of this matter at all? Well, I'll say for me... When I'm up late at night and I'm stressed about something, this verse has been my 2024 calling to mind of saying, I can rest knowing that goodness and mercy are chasing me down. I can rest knowing that God doesn't just want mediocre for my life, but God has glory for my life. We can rest knowing that we don't hold ourselves up. 2024, with all this, like, get your stuff together, we don't have to hold ourselves together. But someone, some good God, is working on our behalf in ways that we might never know. So really, today, all that I need to know is this, And as I've been thinking about my 2024, I've repeated this phrase. All that I need to know is this. God is a good God. Amen. For today, for tomorrow, for 2024, God is working all things for our good. Amen. The arc of our lives is bending toward God's goodness. Amen.